0: This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, hello there. Two minutes passed on this Saturday morning. Hey, it's the 11th day of February 2023, also known as Super Bowl Eve, if you're a football fan, of course. And who isn't at this point, right? Dan Grossa Show, 98.7 ESPN on this Saturday morning. Where else would you rather be? In the greatest city in the world, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take it for the next few hours right up until noon. Then Anita will come your way here on 9870. You can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo, my pals, they're producing the program this morning on a jam-packed Saturday here on 9870 ESPN. What else would you expect? You got the big game tomorrow. I don't know how many of you are are Super Bowl out yet. I'm still doing pretty good. You know, I don't feel that I've been swamped or inundated with any sort of type of Super Bowl coverage. And, you know, we're going to do a special show for you tomorrow, too. I believe that that gets underway at 11, so 11 to 2 will give you a little three-hour extravaganza as we bridge the gap and get you closer to kickoff of that game tomorrow, too, so you get back-to-back shows from yours truly here this weekend. So we'll you know, save a good portion of the Super Bowl stuff for tomorrow, but of course we're going to get into it throughout the morning here as well. Um, let's get the stuff from last night out of the way first because I have a feeling we're going to be heavy on with the basketball Early on this morning. And, you know, the Knicks last night, they fell short in Philadelphia Bing-bong! against a team that, look, going into that game, you knew that it was going to be a challenge because, number one, Philadelphia was going to be angry because Knicks took care of them at Madison Square Garden last week. Short handed Knicks took care of them at Madison Square Garden. Remember, R.J. Barrett didn't play that game. That's when he was ill. Had to be, uh you know, had to opt out of the lineup there right before tip off, and that was when Evan Fournier got some minutes, started making some shots, and you know he's basically been buried to the bench ever since. But you know, holding a team like Philadelphia to under 100 points like they did, now you get them in their building just a few days later. It was going to be tough. And look, Jalen Brunson came out last night. If you watch the first quarter, y- you're watching this game, and really, if you've watched the Knicks all season long, you realize that Jalen Brunson has been worth his weight in gold and then some for whatever the Knicks paid him, for all the talk back in the summertime as to whether or not he was somebody that was going to be worth it, not going to be worth it, you name it. He has been, and let's be real, he was robbed of not making the All-Star team. You know, if you get all worked up about who's on the All-Star roster and who isn't, Jalen Brunson is somebody who deserved to make the All-Star team. And then yesterday, the NBA announces a few injury replacements for the game, and he's not one of those guys either which is really just head-scratching. So I don't know if Jalen Brunson used that as even more motivation and more fuel last night, but the guy goes out in the first quarter last night and puts 20 points on the board. He goes 8-10 from the floor in just the first quarter, and one of the misses that he had was like the half-court heave as time is expiring in the quarter. I mean, the dude is playing possessed. How is he not an all-star? But whatever. I mean, that's an oversight by the powers that be with the NBA and the guys that put the roster together. But the Knicks are fortunate enough to have him here. So, Knicks come out, they're playing really well. And you're thinking, geez, are they really going to beat the Philadelphia 76ers twice in one week? Well, they play a good first quarter, have a halftime lead. Philadelphia gets back into it a little bit in the third quarter. They take their first lead of the game, but the Knicks kind of gather themselves, and they still go into the fourth with the lead, and then things all completely fell apart for them. They just ran out of gas. Nothing more, nothing less. And remember, you didn't have Josh Hart last night. He was on the bench. He was in street clothes. Past his physical, so no funny stuff. You're not going to worry about any Carlos Correa with the Mets garbage. You know, Josh Hart... Did get the green light. Did get the thumbs up from the doctors. There you go. Yeah, tying a little baseball to the basketball. That's how we like to do it. Um, but Josh Harper, maybe he plays tonight. Hopefully he plays tonight when they're back home to play Utah. But I just thought that they ran out of steam a little bit in that fourth quarter. And, you know, it's easy to just sit here and say that Philadelphia woke up. But Philadelphia started making their threes, which they weren't really doing for the first three quarters. I mean, the Sixers are a team that shoots the ball really, really well from beyond the arc. And I think they were hitting them from something like just under 30% from the first few quarters. And then they shoot 6 out of 12 from 3 in that fourth quarter, and that was all she wrote. Tyrese Maxey was huge last night off the bench. Had, um, what, third, close to 30 points, but just draining 3 after 3 after 3. And that was the difference. And I give my man John Wallace credit on the broadcast last night here on 98.7 because he and I were talking to the pregame show. And he said, you know what, one of the keys to the game is going to be the bench. You know, are the Knicks reserves going to be able to help out this starting group and to try to give them a little bit of a boost in this game? Well, it was the complete opposite that happened because Philadelphia's reserves outscored the Knicks basically two to one in this game last night, led, of course, by Maxie. And that was all she wrote. I mean, MB did his thing and he's a monster. So, you know, what more can you expect? And, you know... Brunson had a great game, even though Brunson kind of tailed off after that just unbelievable first quarter. You know, Randall had his 30 and 10, what he usually does. R.J. Barrett wasn't awful, but it was a quiet 19 points. You know, if if you can say that 19 points is quiet, that's what I kind of thought it was like last night. For R.J. Barrett. And then the Knicks just went cold in the fourth quarter. They couldn't make a shot. You know, give Doc Rivers credit. He switched to that zone. And, you know, the shots just weren't falling for them. They got good looks. They just weren't making them after a while. And they only scored 15 points in that final quarter. And, you know, you walk out of there and you lose. And that's it. You know, it's – look, no shame in losing to Philadelphia in their building. But you miss an opportunity to continue to keep up with Miami because, look – that's the goal for the Knicks. The goal for them this year is to not just make the playoffs. It's to do so in the top six. To not have to saddle yourself with the play-in tournament. And right now, with Miami eking one out last night essentially at the buzzer and winning by a bucket um, over crappy Houston, they're now a game and a half up on the Knicks for that six spot. Now, the good news for the Knicks, though, they actually got real good news a couple of days ago for something that they had no control over. And that was when the Nets decided to dismantle their roster, first with Kyrie, then with Kevin Durant. And the Nets are going to fall out of a top-six spot in the standings. They are. And we'll get to them in just a little bit because, I I, I mean, we could sit here and fill a book with all the drama – That the Nets have been sorting through here over the last few days. But the Nets are not going to finish in the top six. They won't. I'd be stunned if they do. We we can have another conversation, you and I, you know, whenever the play, you know, in mid April, when the regular season ends and the playoffs begin, if the Nets somehow are in the top six. So one of those spots is ripe for the taking for this basketball team. And I would really be surprised if they don't take advantage of that situation. If they don't, then we're going to have to revisit things when the season's over. Because to me, there's no excuse right now for the Knicks to not be a top six squad in the Eastern Conference. So, hey, you shake it off, you turn the page, and now you got to go home tonight. You got to take care of a Utah team who got a good win last night in Toronto. They're fighting for their playoff lives out west, but still a very winnable game for the Knicks. And you're going to be taking on a team that's also played a game last night on the road and has to travel again. So we'll see if the, Nets or the Knicks are able to get up off the mat here, see if Josh Hart makes his debut tonight, and get back on the winning track here uh, in the Eastern Conference standings. Last night at the Garden, though, hey, you know what? Good game for the hockey team just to get them out of the way here real quick. And Vladimir Tarasenko making his uh, presence felt almost immediately as a member of the New York Rangers, getting on the scoreboard in that first period. And the Rangers waltz over the Seattle Kraken there, doubling them up. And now you hit the road for a nice little road trip. Starting tonight in Carolina, not going to be easy. You're going up against the first-place team in your division. Going to be a little bit of a measuring stick game for them. And, look, if you have designs on trying to maybe get to the top of the Metro, this is one of those games you got to win. You know, Rangers could go to bed tonight, potentially, only just two points behind the Devils for second place. You know, you can't get the first place until you get the second first here. So Rangers will go to Carolina. The Devils tonight are in Minnesota. So possibilities are there. Looks like Halak is going to get the start tonight because Igor played last night, the front end of the back-to-back. But it's will be a tricky little stretch here for the Rangers because then you go out to Western Canada, and those trips could always be a little bit dicey for you after that. So a big one tonight in Carolina. And, look, you, you got to like what Chris Drury did. And bringing in a Tarasenko, right? It's a no-brainer. You know, bringing that guy here who's going to be motivated maybe with a little bit of a change of scenery. This is a guy who's won a Stanley Cup before. You know, if he could just put the injury bug behind him, you know that he's a big-time player. And, you know, that was evidenced last night. And do I think that Chris Drury is done yet? No. No. Um, I think that maybe there's a depth move or two that he could possibly make before the trade deadline to shore things up, especially maybe on that fourth line potentially. So we'll see what he does. But the Rangers are in good shape right now. You know, this is a team that's going to be part of the postseason. Um, Can they go as far as they did last year? It remains to be seen. You know, it's – look, you were a couple of wins away from getting to the finals last year. You know, you were that close. So is it outlandish to suggest that they can't find themselves right back in a conference final again later in the spring? I, I don't think so. And that'll be interesting to see what Chris Drury does here over the next couple of weeks before the deadline because this team's got a shot. And if the goaltender could ever recapture the magic that he had last year, it's just going to put this team in even a better – look, Igor's been good. He hasn't been great. You know, he's been good, not been great. He hasn't been Vesna Trophy, Igor, like we saw last year. If he ever becomes that guy again – for the remainder of the season, watch out. Now you got something here. But you got to be satisfied if you're a Ranger fan. You know, you have to be... I don't know what the right word is if you're a Knicks fan. You know, I guess you could say satisfied. You know, you pleased. But I don't think you're overjoyed. Because you know that you still have... Certainly the Knicks are further away than the Rangers are right now. When you're talking about, you know, competing for a championship and competing for the big prize. I mean, that goes without saying. But... You know, both teams in MSG figure to be a part of the postseason, and we'll see what type of noise they can make once the spring rolls around here. Eight hundred nine one nine is the telephone number. Things are a completely different story over at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And with that disaster known as the Brooklyn Nets. And what's happened to them over the last week, I mean, we don't see that very often in professional sports. We just don't especially with that type of just immediate rapid descent and destruction like we witnessed here over the past week. We'll get into all that, and to me, I think Kevin Durant takes a big hit here, too. It's easy to dump on Kyrie Irving, and we did that a lot over the last few days, right, and made him out to be the scapegoat, and he deserves the blame. But I think Kevin Durant takes a hit here, too, when you're talking about his legacy for sure. We'll get into the Brooklyn Nets mess coming up on the other side. Dan Grasso Show, we're with you till noon. It's a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I misspoke earlier in the program, and I apologize. Normally, like, if I'm going to say something incorrect that's factually erroneous, normally that happens maybe like an hour or two into the program. You know, yeah, I mean, look, I'll take responsibility towards. It's all me. You know, I screwed up. And where I screwed up in the opening part of the show is that I said we're going to be on till noon, which we are. And that we're going to turn things over to Anita at that point in time. Well, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to send things up to Montreal because that is where the Islanders are going to be playing this afternoon. They got themselves a little Saturday matinee north of the border. Against one of the hallowed franchises in the National Hockey League, the Canadiens. So the Isles, who have a new lease on life, the Isles. Huh? The post Bo Horvat New York Islanders. Lou knowing exactly what he's doing. I mean, this team can't be stopped, can they? Even though they lost their last game. But still, you get the point. You know, this team looks like, you know, they got a little extra pep in their step here. Now they're going to take their act up to Montreal. So you'll hear that once we are done coming up here at High Noon. Well, the Islanders used to play at the Barclays Center, which is where the Nets still play until they kick them out. But, boy, they're a mess, aren't they? And to see what has happened, you know, now that, like, you drive by and you see the pile of rubble in Brooklyn, you know, once they finally put a detonator to the organization over the last couple of days and, like, finished off the destruction – it's it it's it's hard to rationalize, like how you got to this point. Even though it played itself out over a four-year period, it, it it's still really to me not that big of a surprise. It really isn't to say that they fell short of a championship. I mean, look, a lot of things. Ha- it, it's more than just talent. It's more than just personnel. A lot of things have to go your way to ultimately be successful in team sports, right? But to sit here and say, "Am I surprised?" that it hasn't worked out with this team, at least this particular season? No, I'm not. Not in any way, shape, or form. Because back in the summertime, everybody that was kind of hitching their ride to the Nets and branding them as contenders, and this was a team that could come out of the Eastern Conference. and more, Yeah, I, I, I recognize the talent. I know who was on the team. But have we not been paying attention for the last few years, this group together specifically? And how, with a gust of wind, it seems like it could turn the entire organization in a total upheaval. Remember that? You know, Kyrie Irving waking up one morning and deciding, why well, do not want to play basketball today and I'm going to do something outlandish, which is going to draw the ire of everybody involved. And it happened again, of course, this year, as we know. You know, Kevin roaches. Durant is like a you know, a stick figure out there and can't stay healthy, despite the fact that he's a wonderful basketball player. And even though he was traded away to the Phoenix Suns, he's not going to play for Phoenix, at least for a little while, because guess what? He's hurt again, right? That's also a big problem with this whole thing. But now we have finality, right? The suffering is over. The patient is out of their misery. And now you can kind of move on with your life if you're the Brooklyn Nets. But you would have to think that this kind of took its toll on one Sean Marks, right? And he was asked by the media the other day when he tried to put this whole deterioration of the franchise into words. He was asked if the KD slash Kyrie era was a failure.
3: I think it would be easy to look in from the outside and you know honestly I look at it from internally and say wow it didn't work like let's let's be honest there um, you know we did not reach the full potential of, of where we thought uh, we could get to our, our hopes and, and honestly beliefs that but but again I look back and we've done a, a lot of thinking and you know soul-searching on this and we say well you know we did everything we possibly could you know to maximize this organization's potential to have ourselves in the conversation for a championship and that's all we've done and we've shown that we've built this team up twice i don't need to go back to what it was but you know built it up twice and be you know and have a team that i think we could look back and say hey, look they're they have a chance
2: what are you doing
0: you could talk about potential you could talk about internally externally however you want to slice it for the nets it's a failure sean i'll be the first guy to sit here and tell you okay it's a failure and i do legitimately feel bad for sean marks even though he gets a nice paycheck every week right and he's probably living a good life. It's a stressful life. And even though you have that title of general manager and you get to make all those decisions, unfortunately, you're at the mercy of your superstar players. See, that's, that's the risk that you run when you're in NBA business, is that if you've got dudes on your team who are really, really good at what they do, they're the ones that are going to ultimately run the show. And they're going to decide how things go. They're going to decide who's the coach. They're going to decide who's on the team, who's not on the team, even though they could deny it until the cows come home. And you bend over backwards to pacify your star players and to keep them satisfied. That's the job of really being an executive in the NBA. It really and truly is. It is a player's league. They run the show. Nothing more, nothing less. And so Sean Marks is now the guy who's sitting there and has egg on his face because they put this team together and sold out to bring in the superstars and broke up their culture and all these other things that they talk so highly about in Brooklyn, and they have nothing to show for it. I mean, shoot, I can remember 10 years ago when they moved to Brooklyn And they swung for the fences. And remember, they got Darren Williams to put his name on a contract extension to move over from Jersey. Then they went out and they got Joe Johnson. And they had Brooke Lopez here. And oh, my goodness. And all those commercials, remember, at the Brooklyn City Hall and whatnot. And that ultimately fell flat, and then they made the ridiculous trade because Prokhorov wanted the stars, and he wanted to sell out to try to chase a championship, and they brought in the senior citizens from the Celtics, which, by the way, the Celtics are still laughing about to this day because the picks that they sent up to Boston allowed the Celtics to draft Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and now the Celtics, you know, are a championship contender and have been for the last several years, at least since, you know, they got rid of Kyrie and he left them because he was a cancer when he was up there with the Boston Celtics. And that produced one playoff series victory. And then back in the summer of 2019, everybody's sitting there throwing bouquets at the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, they got Kevin Durant. Oh, they got Kyrie Irving. Oh, let's start playing in the parade in Brooklyn. Oh, it's going to happen. Ha, 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 ha. Laughing at the Knicks. Knicks couldn't get anybody that summer, remember? They had to settle for the Reggie Bullocks of the world and the Bobby Portises. Trying to remember all the guys. It was that was that the uh, Wayne Ellington <laughs> summer, right? And they got Julius Randle. And people were laughing. Oh my gosh, Julius Randle. That's the only guy that they gave a multi-year contract to that summer. How funny is that? You got Julius Randle. Well, think about today. Fast forward to today. Okay? And who's laughing now? Julius Randle's going to the all-star game. Right? Julius Randle's an all-star. And Kyrie Irving plays for the Dallas Mavericks. And Kevin Durant plays for the Phoenix Suns. And what do the Nets have to show for the last four years? One lousy, stinking playoff victory. And let's not forget about James Harden either. He was a very, very big, important piece to this. A huge piece to this. 16 games. 16 games. The three of those guys played together. The big three. You know, they made all those T-shirts and all the signs and the posters and the swag and the this and, you know, come to the team store and buy up all your Nets merch, wear Brooklyn at. 16 games is what they had to show for. And the Nets sold their souls going all in for James Harden. Even though Kyrie is what sank this ship and all of his shenanigans during the time he was here, and the Nets enabled him, they did because they kept this thing going and allowed it to keep going until the whole Amazon film thing earlier this year, until they finally took a stand, and they actually suspended him. But James Harden wanted out of here because he couldn't take Kyrie, and he wanted to be a part of that environment any longer. And where Kevin Durant looks awful is this is a guy who's one of the great players of all time, You know, outside of LeBron James, name me a player who's as lethal a scorer and maybe as good a player. You know, Steph Curry, I guess you say, too. But Kevin Durant is right up there in the conversation in this era of guys not named LeBron James over the last decade. But Kevin Durant looks awful here because he sold out to follow a guy like Kyrie Irving to the Brooklyn Nets. And he could sit here till the cows come home and try to convince you otherwise and talk about how he's a leader and how he's an alpha and how he's a Batman. No, he's not. No, he's not. You know, at this point, Kevin Durant's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, how many more examples do we need of a guy who's a follower and not a leader? Whether it was leaving Oklahoma City to go join up with Golden State, whether it's leaving Golden State to go join up with Kyrie with the Brooklyn Nets. And, oh, by the way, how about this latest move? How about this latest move? You know, they may have done this thing diplomatically and done it behind the scenes. They had, You know, everybody says they had a very cordial meeting. They all put their heads together, KD and Rich Kleiman, his guy, and Sean Marks, and they all sat around in the office and they did Grubhub and they ordered some takeout and, you know, sat there and worked through the night. But they made it very clear that KD wanted to go to the Phoenix Suns. See, that's the great part about KD, right? You can't be a leader... You can't be a dog. You can't be one of the top guys in the game and a superstar and one of the best players when all you're doing is just trying to go ride the coattails of some place that's already established, like joining a dynasty in Golden State, and now he's going to Phoenix. Boy, I'll tell you, you talk about taking one for the team, and you talk about doing things the hard way. How about KD? You know, going to play for the Phoenix Suns, who have not one, not two, but three all-star players already in-house. In-house. You know, if KD was really, like, the alpha male guy and the Batman and wants to prove everybody wrong and maybe, like, validate his legacy or something, why don't you tell the Nets, you know what, how about I go down to Houston? Send me to Houston. That's a young up-and-coming team, potentially. They've got 75,000 of the Nets draft picks until now, until the end of eternity, pretty much, right? Right. Let me go down there and be like that dominant veteran presence as those young guys start to get a little bit better, and let me see if I can lift the Houston Rockets up from the ashes of the NBA right now to maybe a contender in the Western Conference and prove my worth. No, you don't want to do that. Instead, it's easier to go join a team that, let's see, was in the finals, what, two years ago? And has been a contender for the last several years? You know what's going to be funny about this whole thing? When Phoenix doesn't win a championship again this year, it's just going to be another excuse Or another thing to put on Chris Paul's resume is to him falling short again for winning a championship. You know, because it's not like exactly Chris Paul is one of the best, you know, clutch playoff performers of all time either because he's somebody that always falls short. And now he's got KD, so it's going to be even more of a disaster. So everything that's been happening in Brooklyn, it's going to be like Brooklyn but in the desert once the postseason arrives. What an absolute mess. And you can't tell me that a guy like KD's legacy does not take a hit. For not only how this thing unfolded in Brooklyn and yielded zero results, but how, again, now he's on to another stop, chasing another championship. Not as a guy who's going to be the central focus. Now he's somebody who's along for the ride with three guys who've been there for a while, already laying the foundation for Phoenix. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 3776 Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> It's not five degrees outside like it was last Saturday morning. I still remember that. Still got the icicles to prove it. You know what the biggest mystery with Kevin Durant is? And I remember thinking this, you know, back when he was still with Golden State or left Oklahoma City to go to Golden State. I I don't think that there's, there's ever been a better, more gifted, more talented player that seems so less confident in his own abilities to thrive as a leader than Kevin Durant. Right. It just seems like so thin skinned about everything, whether it's with the burner accounts and you remember all that stuff. I mean, you add it all together. It just doesn't look good. Like, dude, you're one of the best players on the planet. And yet the guy's always worrying about what people are saying about him. He's always got to go join up maybe as somebody who's along for the ride instead. You know, like that stuff that he was saying, you know, getting into with the TNT guys and Charles Barkley saying, you know, he's not a guy who's driving the bus. They're right. And this is the latest example. You're right. The legacy takes a major hit. You know, going back, leaving Oklahoma City to join an already made championship team like the Golden State Warriors looks awful. And remember, LeBron got killed for years. What he did joining up with Wade and Bosh down in Miami. The Durant stuff is 20 times worse than that when you're talking about great players. And you know what's an even worse move? then leaving Oklahoma City to go join Golden State is leaving an already-made dynasty to join forces with Kyrie Irving, of all people. I mean, wow. Like, when Kevin Durant's career is over, I don't know how many championships he's going to end up with. Finals, MVPs, MVPs, whatever. But, like, the first line when he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, it shouldn't even be like two-time finals MVP, regular season MVP, how many scoring titles, all that stuff. It should be left at Dynasty to play with Kyrie Irving and crashed and burned in Brooklyn. Speaking of Kyrie real quick before we get to the phones, I, I, I read this comment, you know, from his press conference that he had the other day when he was in Dallas, like his introductory press conference, and, and I read these words – on the screen and, and I didn't know if it was real like I thought that people were just kind of like tinkering things so I, I had to actually like hear it for myself just to, to confirm that he indeed said these things and remember you can't be surprised at anything that Kyrie Irving says because you know he's in his own world but l- listen to Kyrie when he was asked why the whole big three era of the nets just didn't plan out the way they envisioned take a listen
2: there were some unfortunate circumstances that came up there that were out of my control, whether it be the mandate with the vaccine or missing games being suspended or, you know, just little things that I think put just wrenches in our, in our journey. You know, and then we had James and we were supposed to be the super team. Like, I, I think uh, I would like to say something, too, about the super team of me, James and KD that everyone thinks should have worked. Uh, we played very limited time together and there were a lot of injuries and things that took place and I would have liked to see that work for the long term. But I'm happy that I could look back on that journey and reflect and say I learned a lot of things from those guys and my teammates in Brooklyn and just my journey throughout this.
0: So things that were out of my control. And he starts running down the laundry list and, oh, you know, I got suspended. Well, dude, why do you think you got suspended? Huh? That was somebody else. It wasn't you. Like what you did to earn that suspension. And I'm talking about the Amazon thing. But that didn't ruffle any feathers whatsoever. Like the Nets just woke up one morning and decided to choose violence and suspend you. You had no part in it whatsoever. And then when they gave you an opportunity, when they threw you a lifeline to put this whole thing behind you and just come out and say, you know, I apologize, whatever, to put this whole thing to bed, still didn't do it. And so, you know what? You doubled down and you got suspended. But he had no part in this whatsoever. None. It's unbelievable. It really and truly is unbelievable. All right, let's go to the phones. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Where Brooklyn at? Let's start it off with Brandon. He's up first in Brooklyn here on 98.7 ESPN. Brandon, how are we doing this morning?
3: Good. Love your passion. I, before I get into Knicks versus Nets, I'd like to clear up two historical records. One, Sean Marks had nothing to do with the Boston trades. Never said he did. Awful. Okay. You, no, no, you didn't. But I just wanted to make that clear that that wasn't Right, that strong. was
0: Prokhorov. Prokhorov made Billy yeah. King make that trade. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And then the um, the other thing is, in, in Kevin Durant's defense, he was the leader of the last Olympics team, and he brought a lot of players <laughs> with him for Brandon, the Olympics. So who I the ask,
0: hell cares mind. about the Olympics? You know, okay, no offense, so really. So, who cares? Oh, um, All right, <laughs> Knicks versus Nets. Um, I disagree with you
3: that Nets are going to finish ahead of the Knicks this year, and they're still a better team than the Knicks. There's How? not two players. There are not two players on the Knicks that I would trade for Claxton and Cam Thomas. And tell me if you would trade any two players on the Knicks for those two?
0: Because T- base- So Cam Thomas is now an untouchable because of three games. Sure.
3: Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, who, so, so, who so, do you, so um, how, how do, but Brandon, well, let me ask you a question. How do we know that Cam Thomas is not the second coming of Jeremy Lynn? Jeremy Lynn had a pretty good two weeks and we haven't heard from him since.
3: True. Well, I, I'll still, I still don't quite understand the story with that and the Knicks ownership and Carmelo Anthony, but well, anyway, it, it's not, that's not just, because... it's
0: just not with the Knicks Brandon and thank you for the phone call. I mean, you know, Jeremy Lynn had other opportunities you know, and other stops throughout the NBA, and he was never able to duplicate those two weeks that he had with the Knicks or, you know, two, three weeks, whatever the hell it was. See, like, when I, – I, I appreciate Brandon, you know, he sounds like a fan and everything, but, I mean, if you're going to throw the Olympics into the discussion, you lose me. You're done. Okay. You know, nobody cares about the Olympics. I, first of all, I can't even tell you when the hell the last Olympics were. Was it last summer? Not this past one. The one before that? Was it 2021? I guess we won the gold medal. I can't tell you who the hell we beat. I can't tell you who was on the team. I don't watch the games. Who cares? <laughs> exactly who cares. 100%. We're supposed to win at basketball in the Olympics. Like what, what's, what's captivating about it? Mitch is in East Windsor. He's up next here on 98.7. Mitch, good morning. How are you? How's it going, Dan? Hey, Mitch. I see, it seems like the Brooklyn Nets, they like the
3: Bermuda Trial. You, you come, you, you check in, but you don't check out the same, with the exception of uh, Kyrie Irving, because he, he does it all to himself, and he just can't get a shot. But you got to say, Phoenix has no excuse for not getting their first championship, and I'm a Clipper fan. They have no excuse for not winning this year. I mean, you, you forget about Aiden, but that's another guy they don't know whether to keep or not. And but the, and then like you point out when you said Chris Paul oh Chris Paul doesn't win the big one so I guess he's gonna be shopping around and maybe by next year him and Kyrie be climbing to get traded again.
0: I don't That's think it's part. Mitch. Let me tell you something and, and and thank you for the phone call. I don't think it's any certainty that Phoenix is even getting out of the West this year, much less winning a championship. I still think the Denver Nuggets, if they stay healthy, they're the best team. I mean they're they're in first place for a reason. Phoenix, okay. Think about what they had to give up to get Durant. They lost a couple of guys who were pretty damn good defensively when they're on the court. Okay, how are they going to compensate for that first and foremost? You still, I I know the defense has kind of come and gone here in the NBA over the last several years, but it is something that's nice to have. Who's going to defend for Phoenix? You know, and you got some teams out there that can score, and you got some dudes who could put teams on their back. I don't put it even as a sure thing that the Phoenix Suns are even getting to the NBA Finals. Milton's in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Milton, good morning. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Dan. Thank you so much for taking my call. I got to tell you, I'm really frustrated. I read in the Post yesterday,
1: worst disaster in New York sports history. I'm hearing you today. Let me tell you, uh, Dan, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, in Sean Marks, we trust we got Kyrie Irving and we got Kevin Durant. We didn't have to give up anything for both those guys. And now we've been able to trade them for four really good players. Sean Marks turned the team around once and he'll do it again. He bent over backwards to almost bring us a championship and, and he and he did and, and it didn't work it didn't work out. How but did Milton how did you almost win? And a he'll championship. do it again. You need to stop putting down Sean Marks and in the post I'm reading uh, we should pick up the GM from Golden stay and get rid of Sean Marks. Like, what are you people talking Milton, about? Milton,
0: Milton, Milton, Who? How, when did the Nets almost win a championship? When Kevin Durant's
1: foot, uh, a toe was an inch uh, in front of the line. If he hits that three-pointer, we win the championship. And if Tyree <laughs> didn't go down in the Milwaukee series, well, come on, Dan. Milton, Milton, oh, Milton, know, the Milton, so Milton, Milton, no, listen, the calm down, down so Milton, calm closer. down, because you're making me laugh And uh, one
0: morning. more thing, Dan. No, no, no. Compared, so, wait, Dan, real quick. I'll let you finish, Milton, I'll let Go you ahead. finish, just calm down a second So basically I'm with furious. your logic, this will make Giant fans happy today Milton's logic, the Giants almost won a championship this year Because oh, the Giants please. got to the second round, la- right, Giants got oh, to the second please. round this year Just like the Nets did that season, right, the second round Yeah, you and they should have won the game, it was an inch short, an inch did short the Giants think the Giants got blown out. Come on, dude. Well, wait a sec. Hey, Milton. Milton. Don't make that comparison. Milton. It's that's a best me. of 7. That's a best of 7. Oh, please. And they blew the Milwaukee out. The back. when everybody was at full
1: strength, we we were blowing Milwaukee out. We would have blown them out. We would have won the championship. Get off, you Sean Marks. And Jeremy Lin is no Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas was a scorer at LSU his whole life. He's a scorer. He's no Jeremy Lin. Trust me. I did Jeremy Lin put up forty points three games in a row.
0: Get off, you Sean Marks. Milton. Plenty of good seats available at Barclays Center, buddy. Go enjoy the Nets. Plenty of good seats available. How about if you're the poor sap who, like, last week picked up the phone and renewed your season tickets or bought season tickets for next year, thinking that at least Kevin Durant was going to be on your club. And then this teardown happens. Boy, we got a lot to unpack there. So the Nets almost won a championship over the last, you know, four years. Because making the second round, you, you, you qualifies as almost winning a championship cam thomas is now the second coming of michael jordan a guy who's played 100 games in his career in the nba and 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 because he was a scorer at lsu you know how many guys i could tell you were scorers in college (laughs) and never did a damn thing in the nba (laughs) that was fun i see i love milton you know i love milton he he, he, that's refreshing you need that on a saturday morning see that'll get your weekend kick-started that's fun. We need more of that stuff. 800 919 We'll try to keep crazy going here for a little while longer. Dan Grasso show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Dan Grasso show right here on 98.7 ESPN. I, I, you know, I just want to clear up something like Milton, our previous caller, like, he, 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 he came at me, like, w- with a lot of, like, vitriol, like, saying that I'm condemning Sean Marks. I, I didn't say anything negative about Sean Marks. How, how is this on him? Right? I-, I mean, what did, you know, first he starts with the New York Post. Well, I'm not the New York Post. Breaking news. I- I'm not New York Post. That is not my name. I'll-, I'll prove it to you on my license. That is not what I was birthed. But here's the thing about Sean Marks. Sean Marks grew up how? Where did he he learn the ins and outs of the NBA? In what organization? Right? He grew up in the San Antonio culture under Greg Popovich. That's how he learned the tricks of the trade. And, yes, San Antonio, for a good number of years, were able to build a dynasty really around a big three. But you know what makes San Antonio the exception? Is that San Antonio had the big three, but they had the perfect three to build around. They had the all-time great player in Tim Duncan who comes along once every 50 years with absolutely zero ego, a guy who shuns the spotlight, a guy who's not going to be on social media, not going to have burner accounts, not ruffling feathers, the guy who if he never talked to the media once would have been happy. He just went out there and played basketball and who was more than content playing in a tiny market like San Antonio. Okay, so that's number one. They hit the lottery to be able to get Tim Duncan. And then they got Manu Ginobili, and then they got Tony Parker, and those guys all blended to perfection, and they were content playing with one another and content with the money they were making and playing in San Antonio, and they bought into what Pop was preaching. Okay, That is a rarity in professional sports, not just in the NBA, but in sports in general, that you are able to keep a superstar core like that together That is essentially as egoless as you will find in sports for as long as they did. To me, the San Antonio Spurs, what they did under Popovich and Duncan, that's like the equivalent to what the Patriots were with Belichick and Brady for all those years in the NFL. Okay, maybe they didn't win quite as much with the championships, but to be able to have that sustained excellence for, you know, what, amounts to 15 years, that's special. And there's teams all around the NBA that are trying to duplicate that to form their own kind of big three. And they maybe have a flash in the pan, and maybe they're able to win a title or two and keep it together for like a handful of years, but not for that long, because you had the right cocktail mix with the San Antonio Spurs. And 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 you know, the other thing about Sean Marks, and like I said, I'm not using this as a form to sit here and and condemn him because it's not his fault what happened. But The one thing I can't wrap my mind around, which I guess some Brooklyn Nets fanboys are, are, are kind of, you know, seduced over. Do you really think that in 2019, Kyrie Irving and then Kevin Durant chose the Brooklyn Nets because of Sean Marks? Bozo the Clown could have been the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets. And that's where they wanted to go. It had nothing to do with who the general manager was. Remember, who the hell was the coach at the time that they waxed poetic about? And that didn't stop them Five minutes later, from getting them fired. So, how are you going to sit there and tell me that Sean Marks was single handedly responsible for bringing those guys to Brooklyn? I mean, guys, you got to get off the high horse. My gosh. Antonio in the Bronx is up next here on 98.7. Antonio, good morning. How are you?
2: Ray, good morning. Good morning.
0: So, yeah, um, first of all, let me start by saying that.
2: I love hearing all this Nets talk. I'm a big-time Nets fan. This is the Nets town. I get it. Y'all, y'all have been a Nets fan for God knows how I remember. So, I'm a little opposite on on on, uh, on everything that's being said. So, 18-19, I remember when we had the team d made his first all-star, and the team was looking up and up. We got the seventh seed, and it was a beautiful thing. When we went on and signed Kyrie after the issues in Cleveland, after the issues in Boston, I was just like, oh, here we go. Like, this wasn't right. It didn't feel right. I didn't want to watch the product that was – because I knew the type of guy. He was great player. But I knew the type of headache he was. When we bought KD, it was exciting, but it was like, let's see what happens. They got Kenny Atkinson fired, like I just heard you say, which which was bad. Then all of a sudden, Sean Marks had his hands tied behind his back. He had to trade everything to go get Harden. And then he got stuck with Harden, and the only I don't know why he got Ben Simmons, but we went out and got Ben Simmons. But it, it's just been one headache after another these past four years. And I actually just bought season tickets yesterday. Oh, Just my God. Are you Kyrie. serious? Listen, hey, Antonio, you, did you
0: keep the receipt at least? Did you keep the receipt? Are you allowed to return no, them? No, 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 no. I, w- I waited I waited till the trade happened. I waited till the trade happened. And because this team, this
2: Nets brand reminds me of eighteen nineteen. I don't know if you saw the last few games when both were out, when, when Kyrie was sitting. It's, it's an exciting brand. And now you have Mikael Bridges coming over, who did lead the Suns while Booker was hurt. He was the leader of that team. He did help that team out. He's a young kid, 26. We have Nick Klaxon. Who knows what Cam Thomas is going to be? You know what I mean? And this is this team is not in a re- uh, rebuild mode. This team is in a building mode now. And this this is like – it's pretty much they're going back to where they left off at 1819 19 with a good young core, and now we just have to build from there. And this team is on par with the Knicks at the moment. Maybe they're a little bit better because they have Jalen Brunson. But outside of that, pound for pound, once you add Mikhail Bridges to the mix, it, it's going to be an interesting the next couple years. That's all I'm going to say, man. The, the, the Nets are in good shape. Marks took us out from the dark, from the Billy King era. Josiah put his back in the dark. Marks didn't get us out. He'll get us out again. He did with these trades. And granted, we did get a superstar, but I think people are sleeping on Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is a solid and a great young player to watch, a 3-and-D guy, and it's going to be an interesting time in Brooklyn.
0: That's all I'm going to say. Antonio, God bless you and your season tickets, buddy. I, I hope it works out for you. You know, the exciting brand of basketball and all those things. I, I mean, you know, here's the thing. You know, you, if, if you even want to just bring up the last few games and the exciting brand of basketball, you did lose two of the three games. I mean, are we keeping score at all? You know, last time I checked, I still thought that was the most important thing, winning and losing games. And, you know, the, the optimism, I, I, I got to be honest with you. When I woke up this morning, you never know which way these shows are going to go. I never expected all this Brooklyn Nets optimism in light of everything that just happened. You know? When you walk past, like, you know, back in the day, you know, and in, 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 in when we were in the middle of, like, World War and stuff like that, and you had these, like, European cities that were, like, you know, burned to the ground and just a pile of rubble, you know, were people, like, walking by it and, like, you know, breaching all this optimism when their, you know, whole foundation was destroyed. I mean, that, that, that's the Brooklyn Nets fan this morning, apparently. It's incredible. The only question I have for the net fan, you know, with all this, this optimism, when are you getting another superstar? Right? Because culture and good team building and all those other things, apparently the Nets weren't satisfied with that once upon a time. They still went out and tried to build the super team and get the superstars because you're not winning a championship without the superstar. So who's that guy that's coming here? What do you think you're going to draft them? You think it's Mikhail Bridges? I mean, my God, so far this morning, and look, Mikael Bridges is a nice player, like Antonio said. He's a 3 and D guy, right? To me, that's obviously, the, in terms of player, the big piece for you, right? But when are you going to get that true difference maker again? You thought you had a few of them, and it blew up in your face. When is it ultimately going to pay dividends for you on the court? that's the number. We'll keep this conversation going. And also, I was thinking about this long and hard. Kyrie's, like, ultimately, like, the big villain of this whole, like, Nets era. But should Kevin Durant maybe get a little bit more blame than maybe people are throwing on him at this time? I'll explain what I mean. Plus, we'll get into all the football stuff, who the Jet quarterback is going to be. Dan Gross' show till noon, then it's Islanders Hockey right here on 98.70 ESPN. Bozo the Clown could have been the general manager.